1: Who's under there? I wonder. I want to know what I can't see. Who's under there? I want to talk about this and this. Who's under there? I wonder. I want to know what I can't see. Everybody, and welcome back to the Mass Singer Happa podcast. We're back here for the second time this week. This time to talk about episode 7 aka the new groups appearance, aka Hall of Fame night and we have a lot to talk about, but also not a lot to talk about. We'll get into it when we get into it. I'm of course your host Puya the Can Zanvaakili and with me here today is the one and only Liana the deck of cards Boris Liana how are you doing today
2: shuffle me up baby (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I I always think I know where I'm going and then I start talking and then I realize that I actually have no idea what I'm saying I was confused between whether or not I did a 52 card pickup joke or whatever that was and obviously I made a mistake (laughs) both ways but look if the start of this podcast is any indication, this is pretty much how the episode of The Masked Singer went. Like, we were riding a high from the 90s theme night. This was like a fever dream of an episode of The Masked Singer. Um, you know, there's a lot to talk about. We'll get into it all. But it was definitely, yeah, like uh, like an AI <laughs> wrote an episode of The Masked Singer. That's kind of how it felt.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it was the the way in which they went about, you know, making the theme matter to the performer. Okay, so here's the thing. We're seven episodes into a new season. They have decided to do a new format this season where every week there are three performers. Two of them get unmasked right then and there. One goes on. This happens for a cycle of three episodes. And then the last one standing of that batch is the one that goes into the semifinals. But we've also had themes every week where it's like, all right, this week is the nineties this week. It's the, uh, it's Vegas this week is uh, a hall of fame, but then they don't follow a a format for those themes. If that makes sense, where it's like, all right, tonight's the Muppets, but the Muppets are not going to be relevant to the song choices. Tonight's hall of fame, but every one of them is a hall of famer in some regard. So I don't know if it's, I don't, I, I've i said this at the beginning of the season. It does feel like Mass Singer has kind of jumped the shark here. I don't know what they're going for. And this episode just further confused me.
2: Well, I'll be the first to say that, again, this season overall, I think has been really fun. I've really been enjoying the different, different mm-hmm. night. Sure. Yeah. We can have different critiques when it comes to, you know, maybe some of the details. I think this is the first week where I really felt like, what are we doing people? <laughs> what, what, what are we doing here? Is this, is this, 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 is, this is what we're doing. Like really? Um, I think maybe it'll become a little bit more clear once we get into some of the details of the episode and exactly what happened, but I'll just say my overall thoughts were definitely, um, amused. I was amused, confused and amused. I think if I a had a combination, right? Yeah. It's a nice recipe. <laughs> yeah, it was weird, but <laughs> was fun. I was stupid fun, whatever. I mean, it's a mass singer. Come on. Like, what do you expect?
1: Yeah. So let's just tuck into this episode then and, and move it along. Um, Ken is not going to make it this week. OK, so Ken's not going to make it this week. He is out of the running for the judge panel this week. So instead, they have brought someone lovely to the panel and it broke my heart. They brought on Leslie
2: Jordan. Yeah, I mean, th- this was tough, you know, given his recent passing. Um, I mean, it was only what, like two weeks ago uh, mm-hmm. when we found out about that. I think Leslie Jordan was someone who I had seen a lot on The Mass Singer. He started showing up on RuPaul's Drag Race. Like he, he had really reinserted himself, I think, when it comes to his uh, just relevancy within the you know the the public eye i mean even in this episode they talk about him being in the um the social media hall of fame right because of what happened during the pandemic and so i think it was it was tough i think because our loss was so recent to see him in this episode at the same time it was also kind of a fun celebration you know first of all they dedicated this episode to leslie jordan they also had the the sort of, I don't know, memorial at the end of the episode, which definitely drew a couple tears from me watching the tribute to him and, you know, and his time on, on the show and, and just what a fun light that he's been. I think he's someone that a lot of us can look to and think, you know, I want to be like that when I get older, I hope that I can have that kind of really fun energy and just really enjoyable persona. So it was a little bit bittersweet. I'm not going to lie with with him being on this episode, because at the same time, it was really great to see him, but also, you know, a little, a little heartbreaking.
1: Yes. I, I co-sign everything you just said. It just caught me off guard. I had forgotten that Leslie Jordan was going to be on one of the episodes. And then again, to see him on an episode, literally what felt like days after the news, which I think it was a little longer than that, but it was a bit of a chilling moment. It was very, very bittersweet. Um, And Then it was strange because then Joel McHale came in and Joel McHale was pretending to be Ken all night. So I thought, but you made it seem like Leslie's taking Ken's spot. I guess Leslie's not taking Ken's spot. Joel is, but Leslie's the fifth judge.
2: Yeah. So so I guess let me let me conclude what I was saying about Leslie Jordan with like I'm it's an honor to see him on the television show. And that was probably the most serious thing that I could say about this whole episode. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, like even the the way they introduced Leslie Jordan is like, oh, well, he's replacing Ken. But psych, actually, Joel McHale is here wearing Ken's tiny jacket <laughs> as part yeah. of the sarcasm hall of fame. Wait, so, okay, so it's not him. Like who is actually the guest this week? Who did they have to call in to pinch hit? This just like started all of the, like I said, the fever dream of an episode.
1: Yeah and and also you know they they've been doing this with the theme nights where they have um someone open the show with a song specifically in this episode I have qualms with it cuz Nicole opens the show does a phenomenal job of it and I wrote in my notes before having seen anything else I wrote is it really fair to have a judge open the show flawlessly only for something called the Venus flytrap to ruin the vibe I was yeah. wrong I was wrong every single performer this week was was subpar at best so it really felt like you told us this is what music sounds like anyway here's three people trying to emulate music
2: (laughs) yeah i didn't even think about it that way the fact that nicole starts the show doing an absolutely stunner performance of fame and it was just like the other three performers were also there again a mess of an episode i mean i'm obviously very happy to see nicole do a fantastic rendition but at the same time n- the other three performers it was just such a freaking letdown i'm not gonna lie i mean <laughs> it, again fun fun episode but in terms of singing ability i wouldn't necessarily say top tier i would probably say Mm. <laughs> Lower than top tier.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would. I would say. I would argue, and I don't think "argue" is the word. I would just say this was probably the weakest batch of performers we've had on our episode in a long time. Like combined, yeah. all three.
2: So I think. Okay, so I, I agree with you. I would say that they probably were the, the weakest bunch, especially when we've seen people like, I mean, I told you this offline, people like Montel Jordan who got eliminated immediately without really having a chance to move on just because their groups were so competitive. What I kind of want to harken back to is what Nick said at the beginning of the episode, which is they're all in a prestigious hall of fame, which is what I keep telling myself that it's like, you know what, Liana, it's not about singing today. It's about whomever these people are They're they're in their own Hall of Fame and they're they're doing great just the way they are. And it's not really about singing. We're just celebrating people in a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame, not singing Hall of Fame, but just a Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, I feel like, you know, again, this goes back to what I said earlier about how it feels like they've been playing jump rope with the themes a little bit. Where now we're doing this theme thing and the performers have to be Hall of Famers of some sort in their field or whatever it may be. Um, which I think is then why we have these this batch of three, which then mm-hmm. I'm curious, because a couple of weeks ago they had announced that there would be. Are you OK? Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, would you say they're like scarecrows because they're outstanding in their field?
1: All right. So <laughs> boom, boom. a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> my God, you made me stop for that. Nice.
2: That reminds me of the whenever we would drive past a graveyard, my mom would tell the same joke, which is people are dying to get in. Which is apparently oh our family friend's Ed's joke.
1: <laughs> so, your mom didn't, it's not even a, your mom original. She stole it from someone. <laughs> I think
2: so, it's like a family joke, though. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, they're dying to get in.
1: <laughs> ha ha.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, a couple of weeks ago, we were told hey, the week of the World Series, if there's a game five, or was it a game four? If there's a baseball game, I think game five on (laughs) Wednesday night, we're pushing that episode to Sunday and -hmm. we're going to have two episodes on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's one to make up for the one that we missed a couple of weeks ago. One to make up for the game five miss. If there was going to be a game five, then we're going to do a rerun of the episode that was on Sunday and then also have the episode from. um Uh, What's it called? The the new episode after that. That was the plan they were going to do. So either way, we were guaranteed two new episodes. What ended up happening was not that because there was no baseball game, but then they did did a rerun of the previous week's episode and then one new episode, which means that this episode was supposed to be on Sunday, but then they pushed it. What I want to know is, do you think this was because they thought group, this is technically a new group, let's have it be its own standalone, makes no sense to batch them? Or do you think this was to put Leslie Jordan's last appearance on like prime time.
2: Ah, I didn't think of the second option, uh, which I think is definitely a possibility My, aside from that, which again, that I have no idea. I, I have two thoughts. I think one is exactly what you said at the beginning, which is that, look, we've got two different groups. We were finishing group B. We're going to start group C. Let's start group C by themselves. That's option number one that I had thought of option number two that I had thought of was someone at Fox just messed up the math and they were like, oh, crap, we can't hear two episodes. <laughs> we need an extra episode. How are we going to make it to December 14th or whatever the finale date is? And they were like, oh, no, 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 just just, just re-air the old episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. We'll just we'll, we'll start it on Wednesday. It's totally fine. I, my, my gut is telling me that the second one is the most likely, but I, we, we really don't know uh, at this point. What we tried to do last episode, I think, was like to do the math to decide mm-hmm. when we could foresee the finale. And I think that it doesn't make sense for them to have done two episodes on Sunday. I think they had to do only one episode on Sunday because otherwise they just they don't have enough episodes.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know how they, what they did, how they goofed it. But here we are. Anyway, um, that was just an aside. So let's talk about these three performers here that made an appearance starting off with the bride. So the bride's weakness. Uh, sorry, the one clue they got in their entry was that they smashed a rock. Okay. And then Joel McHale shows up. So that's nice. That's when Joel McHale makes his appearance. And then we go into the clue package. So Liana. I think I know who this is. Do you have an inkling on who this is?
2: I know exactly who this is. Uh, so I had the same guess as Nicole, I believe. Uh, I was like, White Snake. British accent. Someone from White Snake. But as I started going back through the clue package, I, I thought it was an actor just based on the clues. But I the whole like... um. Living on the road, road selling out of arenas didn't really make sense. So if you have a guess, I would love to hear it.
1: I have a very good guess. This might be my best guess of the season. This might be my first time I'm feeling my old self. You know, we're talking season five, Puya, firing on all cylinders, getting everything on point. I feel good about this. So hear me out. So first of all, there was a very clear British accent throughout the clue package, which initially I took as fact as well. It wasn't until the singing that I was able to put that accent aside and just look at the clues and focus up on the clues. Because when I thought it was someone British, I had no idea who it was. So um, this whole smash to rock. Then there was a mention of uh, feel-good stories. There was a globe with a crown on it. They talked about being a rugged personality, living on the road, selling out arenas. They have an appetite for destroying things. They've been in the messiest feuds. They've gone the solo route, and then there there were a picture of two pins, one was like a rock on pin, the other was a snake. Here is my theory that I presented to the class. So I think this is a wrestler because smashed a rock, the rock was a wrestler, one then feel-good stories, wrestling is often seen as storytelling in the squared circle in a wrestling ring. Then we have living on the road. Makes complete sense. A lot of wrestlers are pretty much on the road 24-7, 365 because every week the shows are in different cities, in different states, in different countries, so they are constantly living on the road. Selling out arenas? Wrestling sells out arenas. Boom. Nailed it. Aperture for destroying things? Wrestling. Messiest feuds? wrestling rivalries and and matchups are called feuds okay the rock on pin and the snake pin are what solidify because all of this is just wrestling and plenty of people have faced the rock so who could this be this one clue will solidify that and then the the vocals of the uh bride cemented it rock on that's the rock okay the snake pin also known as the Rattlesnake, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin, another wrestler. There is one wrestler that has fought both of these men in one night and uh, became, shoot, what was the name of it? Became like the unified champion. Like they, 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 it was a big match. It was a big deal. Okay. That combined with the fact that the wrestler I'm about to name is also a, a rock singer and has a band called Fozzie, who I listen to quite a bit. Back in the day. Um, this is Chris Jericho, I think. This is wrestler Chris Jericho. Break the walls, Chris Jericho.
2: Well, look at you. Um, I guess if you're saying he has a rock band, that also explains. He, he talked a lot about like the solo route or like how I ended up here alone. Like it was a lot of I was part of a group or like part of a team. And now I'm here by myself. So I guess that fits for both, right? Mm,
1: I think that was more of a, I, that could be true, but I think, I don't think they've disbanded. So I don't think that's a thing, but, um, oh, sorry. There we go. Uh, they, they, no, yeah, they're fine. Um, I think that's more to do with the fact that you could be a solo wrestler or a tag team wrestler. And Chris Jericho has won championships in both divisions.
2: Okay. That makes sense. So I trust you on this. I will tell you that my only so not not a big wrestling fan. I'm, you know, look, I'm going to straight up admit it. But I do know Chris Jericho from the VH1 series. I love the 90s and I love the 80s and I love the 70s. Oh my Lord. He was in all of them or at least most of them. I know he's in I love the 90s and I pretty sure he was an I love the 80s at least a couple of the I love the 80s mm-hmm. that's what I know him from so if this ends up being him that's pretty cool for like young Liana she would be pretty excited because no, I was like oh my a, god he was that funny guy
1: <laughs> he is a very fun personality he is very enjoyable in anything he does I do enjoy him quite a bit so all of that you know if it is him very stoked to see him and I think it's him I, I do think so because he has a very specific uh, sound he makes when he's singing which mm-hmm. he, which he did in his performance i think that this is him now let's shift over to the performance side liana what were your thoughts on this performance
2: oh well i'm ha- okay so uh sorry i was thinking about the sound that you say said that he makes like while he's wrestling or something because i felt like no, sound he had while
1: a- singing not while wrestling
2: oh, oh. Okay. Why would well, a thing felt, he says he
1: does not his singing
2: no, 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 remind like me the, of a
1: noise he makes while wrestling?
2: No, no, no. Because he was like, Rah! it was a lot of like yelling and like, Rah! you know, like, which could be both singing and wrestling. Because like, I assume you're wrestling and then you go Rah! like, I'm going to. You don't watch it.
1: wrestling and it shows.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just going to shut my no wrestling, nothing mouth or knowing nothing mouth, whatever. Uh, yeah. OK, so let me just talk about the performance. So it's your favorite song from your favorite band, Walk the Moon, Shut Up and Dance with Me. Obviously, I was extremely excited to see the song being performed. Um, Yeah, it was it was it was fine. Um, You know, we talked at the top of the show about how this is not necessarily the overall best cast. Of singers that we've seen, I liked that he committed to the accent. So he included it both within the clue package as well as in the performance. And I, he, I was still being fooled in this moment, though. I'm not gonna lie. I thought like, oh, maybe this is a, you know, a singer that's a little bit, you know, in their later days, uh, as as Evie would say, and that you know they still want to be out there performing. I was like, good for you. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. The backup dancers, I enjoyed the sparkly outfits, which I guess were a theme throughout all three performances. But yeah, overall, it was, it was good.
1: Yeah, I I enjoyed this for what it was, which I thought, all right, so the bride's not making it. Let's see what the other two are like, is how I felt. I was like, oh, this was fine. It was something. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Um, when it came to the judges' comments and guesses, they talked about how every person here is is a goat in their own field which i saw this coming from a mile away they mm. brought out a literal goat with a medal on it to give out the clue
2: i thought they were going to bring out boston rob
1: okay why <laughs> boom boom
2: no it's just a joke <laughs> cuz you know he's the goat the goat
1: it's, okay <laughs> You are the queen of outdated references. I just want to put that out there?
2: <laughs> it's on TikTok. It was
1: uh, 3 months ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man.
1: <laughs> okay, well then so here's the thing. The, the what did the Olympic medal say on the goat? Did you jot this down?
2: Yes. So, I believe it said action hero. Which again made me think of actor. So I wasn't thinking wrestler; I was thinking actor because went, once I had sort of like passed on the whole "oh, maybe it's not a singer" kind of thought. I thought I was like, "Oh, maybe an actor, maybe like a stage actor, someone who's known for their sort of physical movements, not necessarily comedy per se, but definitely you know, physical action hero." Um, but which I th- what I think fits your thesis is that what he said after was, I have no problem playing the hero among other things. So yeah. I feel like that's like, oh, he could be the hero. He could be the heel. You know, he can go both ways.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, that, that does check out. He, um, he has been in movies, but nothing really notable that would cement him. Yeah.
2: Like what type of movies? Like guest stars, like playing himself or like playing?
1: Like he briefly made an uh, appearance in the movie McGruber. He appeared in the film Albino Farm.
2: <laughs> I forgot McGruber got made into a movie. He had a it? role
1: in Jan Silent Bob Reboot. No, I didn't. I don't know what McGruber is.
2: McGruber. It's the SNL skit it's that like he made,
1: made an it's actual MacGruber. movie of
2: yeah exactly you're as just as surprised as i am oh my god
1: okay well it looks like it had a budget of 10 million and the box office was 9.3 million so
2: yeah
1: oh he's canadian
2: canadian raised yeah oh american-born canadian raised professional wrestler
1: yeah he's from winnipeg hmm yeah
2: oh yeah he was in a podcast called winnipeggers
1: well he also has his own podcast like um fun fact if this is chris jericho uh, mm-hmm. Rob Sesternino has met Chris Jericho because I believe, Wait, I, really? if I remember correctly, when Rob won a podcast award, Chris Jericho was the one who presented that award to him.
2: Oh, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. What's funny is Rob came out with like he didn't have a um, what do you call the thing where you hold the phone on like a selfie stick? Rob made a makeshift selfie stick to then go on stage and accept the award.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wasn't this? Didn't he like? T- he either like took a picture, or he took a video, or something.
1: Yeah, I think he was filming as he went yeah, on stage okay. to get it. Yeah,
2: I have. I Yeah, I have vague memory of this. Well, if it is Chris Jericho also, he was in Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no.
1: Nice. See, I told you the movies were not important here because he is not a movie star. OK, so then the judges did guess a couple people. Robin Thicke's Carrot Top, which get out of here with that, please. Yeah, I beg. Um, OK, so shall we move on to the gopher? Yes. Okay. So the gopher meant the mentioned uh, clue was expert in British politics. And then they mentioned that they had started a movement and, you know, the ultimate hall of fame is where you can see their stuff. The Smithsonian, they mentioned party rocking. There was like a glowing dog in the clue package. Sample my flavor. He is the ultimate OG and it looked like a Grammy in hand.
2: Yes. Um what else? Uh the only other thing I have is blazed trails down old town roads. Um, even dogs want to be a part of my legacy. Corgi, as you mentioned, the Grammy. It was like a lot of space stuff. Because I think at the beginning it's like, oh, intergalactic space cowboy was mentioned. Mm. So I thought, obviously, this has to be an astronaut because. An astronaut's got to be the like.
1: Yeah, you know, a Grammy award winning astronaut.
2: Yeah, but I thought because you know how like sometimes they have Grammys for like, oh, the best audio book or whatever. Like maybe it was someone who wrote their autobiography. You and then think they got a there's
1: gram- an astronaut out there that won a Grammy in any form like audiobook or whatever?
2: Well, I d- look, I wasn't willing to overlook the possibility of one of those sort of like weird niche kind of things, you know? Like maybe, maybe they contributed to a stage show about space and mm. then somehow they got a Grammy for, for the album of the space rock opera or something I like see. that. Okay. Like Mark Kelly was like, yeah, I can help contribute to the lyrics of this rock opera.
1: Sure. Yeah. I understood that reference. Okay. All right. So <laughs> what did you think of the performance by the uh, Gopher?
2: Yeah, um, <clears throat> so it was the Isley brothers, whom I love. It's your thing. Um, you know, I mean, he's definitely singing. It's a more of a mature voice. We had the continuation of, I believe, the same costumes of the gold sparkly costumes, a lot of cowboy hats. The one moment I thought was really great was like the um, you know, some of his exclamations at the end, I thought were really fun. But look, I'm not going to lie. After these two performances, I was like, wait, who who's going to move on? (laughs) The Venus flytrap better like nail this because I don't know which one of these two is going to go. I think I probably would have given it to the bride in that moment. But it wasn't immediately clear to me that there was a standout from this episode.
1: I thought the gopher was fine. I thought it was fine. I could tell it was an older person based on the performance. But my worry for the gopher was, all right, well, if it's a battle royale, what? How are you if there's a different style of song, how are you going to be able to make that happen? That was Mm -hmm. my concern. Um, Then the goat came out with the sign. Yes, that's right. An actual goat came back out with a medal that said LOL on it. And I couldn't figure out what this meant because I think there was party rocking mentioned in the clue package. Then the LOL. And I thought, well, I know this isn't someone from LMFAO. This isn't Red Foo. Behind the mask, you know? So I don't know what these what these uh clues are supposed to mean. And then we had a bunch of random guesses here, with the exception of I believe Robin Thick actually nailed it on the head. But um Flavor Flav was Leslie Jordan's guess. Bless his heart.
2: Ah, yeah. <laughs> bless his heart. I think he guessed Flavor Flav. He got Lil Nas X, which I assume was a reference to because Blaze trails Road. down Old Town Roads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh very cute. I think we saw George Wallace, the comedian, was guessed. Um, and then uh and then yeah, Robin's guess, which as you mentioned, uh ended up being accurate.
1: It worked out. Yeah, it worked out for him. Um, anything else you want to talk about with the gopher?
2: No, it was fine. Um, the one other thing is that you know, um you you look, let's be realistic. It's a mature voice. Okay, you can hear it from the song. And then it was very cute that they brought him out a little blinged out stool for him to sit on. I was like, go gopher, get your bag, like rest if you need to i'm I, I appreciate it
1: yeah i appreciated it too <laughs> all right we'll a quick break when we get back we will talk about the last performer on the docket venus flytrap
0: A woohooer, a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VDW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. All
1: right, Liana, it's Venus Flytrap time. Let us know what the clue packet said here.
2: Okay, so first of all, the all important walkout clue which was love his name or loves his name or something like that. I wrote down love his name. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's what I wrote down. So that was the walkout clue. Then in terms of the actual clue package, they talked about how he's uh being a hall of famer isn't easy, but he's also done it twice. There was the image of Orion's belt. Um and then in terms of the like where he I I wasn't sure if it meant like where he was part of the Hall of Fame or just he was popular. It was like first time in his 20s, did it again in his 40s. Um, And then there was the TV guide, sort of like weekly TV magazine kind of thing. Um, but then the next time it happened was in like his next decade of life. So clearly this is someone who has been consistently popular through potentially different reasons. Cause at the end he calls himself an all-star King of reinvention. So he's been popular for, I think a lot of different reasons. There was also the horseshoe, which we saw and the very important clue of you've had a piece of me in your household at some point
1: which totally adds up to who it ends up being really really works out well i think Mm -hmm. um what's interesting is that when the performance happened part of me thought okay i think the uh, venus flytrap is the best of the bunch i genuinely thought the venus flytrap was better than at least like at least worthy of second
2: Mm -hmm. oh you mean like after the performance
1: well during the performance yeah
2: Oh okay, um, I, I think I was just hoping because I was like, oh, I think the bride's the best so far, and I want to have someone in the draft. <laughs> 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 um, but no, I mean, for me, I would say probably if I had to, I don't know. I, I, I think the gopher was the weakest of the three. You think the gopher is weakest? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I could go either way. I feel like for me, the temptations probably beats out the Isley brothers when I'm thinking of like my favorite artists. So if I'm going to pick a song, I'm going to pick get ready by the temptations. I thought that the Venus fly trap did a good job. I don't know if I would necessarily put it above the gophers, but I think it was, you know, really fun. Again, we got the sparkly outfits. I think you had people Which was pretty clear this episode who just, you know, they were just there for the vibes, you know, they're having fun, they're enjoying their time on stage, they're performing, and they're just, uh, they're just living in the moment, you know, Um, I think, for me, it was, yeah, it was, it was fine. It was fun. It was fine. It was weird. It was fun.
1: (laughs) It was fun. It was fine.
2: It (laughs) was fun. It was fine. It was all fun
1: yeah i i Um, quite liked it i quite liked um what we got from the venus flytrap for what it was you know it was fine um and then did they call the goat did they name the goat hawkeye or did i make uh, that up
2: no you did not make that up i think it was at the end but i do remember that the goat had a name and i think it was called hawkeye
1: interesting
2: Or, or some something it had a name um, but yeah, so they, they brought out Hawkeye. Um, and then Jeremy Reiner said hundred million. That was the clue for the goat, the goat. Um, and then the line that the Venus flytrap said was I took the punches. I took the blows. So I, I was doing terribly this episode when it came to trying to figure out who these people were. That moment was like, oh my God, he's a boxer, Orion's belt. Like in, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh my God, I know exactly who this, I know exactly who this is. So I turned to Google again, my favorite tool in all of Massinger, and I Googled as seen on TV products, boxer. And before I could make any type of progress, they were already talking about George Foreman But my Googling Mm -hmm. didn't actually help because all I got was my package men's weekend boxer briefs as seen on TV, hidden pouch boxer briefs, secret pocket underwear as seen on TV. And then I realized that, okay, this is where Googling has failed me. (laughs) It's helped me so many times when it comes to guessing people on The Masked Singer. But this time, no, the show did it for me.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, once the mention of George Foreman came from Robin Thicke, it all clicked for me. Yeah. It all clicked. It was like, piece of me in your home. It's the Lean Mean Grilling Machine. 100 million Lean Mean Grilling Machine. Because did you own one of those growing up?
2: Uh, no, we didn't. But I mean, it was, it was a household name, right? So even if we didn't own a piece of him in our household, like we all, everyone knew what a George Foreman grill was.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I, oh, we owned a bigger one at my house back home. And then I bought a smaller one when I moved. Because, um, you know, it's an easy way to be able to grill in your own house.
2: Did you, uh, did you pull a, um.
1: No, I didn't a pull Michael a Michael Scott. Scott. You that is,
2: <laughs>
1: you're not helping yourself with these dated references, Liana. <laughs>
2: um well so okay so first of all i totally agree with you with as soon as the name george foreman was mentioned it was like everything clicked into place on top of what you already mentioned the weekly tv guide like that okay immediately made sense the constantly reinventing himself right Mm -hmm. i mean this is someone who's done so much in their career and i think if you honestly asked well i don't know maybe i'm completely making this up but if you ask like young people and you say george foreman they go oh the grill right they're not going to say oh the boxer you know, like. Yeah, I mean that's the first thing that I, I mean. Think people... I didn't know he
1: was a boxer until after I learned about the grill.
2: Yeah. Okay. So see, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just what he's most known for recently, right? It doesn't like necessarily that he's better at one than the other. Although a hundred million, that's a lot. That's a lot of grills.
1: It's a whole lot of grills. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's no joke. There's no joke. Again, this grill was very successful. Because, like, at the end of the day, if it's being advertised as it can, because, like, you have the little tray and then all the fat goes into it. So it's a plus (laughs) from that regard. Then it's a plus from a you can grill in your house. If you're in an apartment, you can grill that way. That's nice. We like that. So, we get one. No, I don't think we need it. We have a lot of appliances at this point. We have an instant pot. We have an air fryer. (laughs) We don't even have room for any of it on the counters anymore. So we probably shouldn't. We probably won't use it. it.
2: I think it was my mom who was like, we'll get Puya George Foreman grill and we'll put it on the fire escape.
1: Because I joked about that because my computer's uh... next to my uh, my window. And if I <laughs> open it, I can put a little George Foreman there and yeah. I could grill hypothetically, like, but I don't want to do that.
2: S- little strip of bacon. Just, you know like, what's mid, my biggest mid-podcast? nightmare?
1: Is seeing a bird pull up to the fire escape because there's food there. That would be a nightmare. I don't want that.
2: Do birds eat bacon?
1: I've seen birds eat anything.
2: Mm. Okay. I didn't I mean, why realize is it specifically bacon? I just assume that's what you'd be cooking. Why? Because you have a, a hoodie that says bacon strips, bacon strips, bacon strips.
1: Well, you and I, and you know that hoodie is from 2011. <laughs> you live with me. How often am I eating bacon?
2: <laughs> yeah, not never. <laughs> yeah, <there's> something- <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Well, okay. Then what would you cook on a George Foreman grill? Top choice.
1: Top choice chicken.
2: Yeah. Although, chicken. I will
1: say this the chicken kind of comes out dry on the George Foreman.
2: Yeah, we have an air fryer for that.
1: Again, I which think, is why I said no to getting one.
2: Okay. Burgers. I think you need something where like draining the fat is like critical.
1: A burger would be good,
2: I okay. think. All right. So then if you, if, okay, fine. Then I understand. If a bird shows up and eats the burger that you're actively cooking on your George Just Foreman grill, food, that would be terrifying. Really.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't want to deal with the bird.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, good. Now we know.
1: What do we know exactly?
2: Well, I'm not going to get you a George Foreman grill for Christmas. I'm just going to go ahead and cancel that Amazon order.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> save the $18, truly. So <laughs> I don't think they're that expensive anymore.
2: Uh, I don't, does it still exist?
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, of course.
2: Ah, in 2014, an updated... An updated Foreman Grill was released called the Evolve Grill. The Evolve Grill featured interchangeable ceramic plates available as traditional grill plates, waffle plates, baked dish, mini burgers, flat griddle and a muffin pan.
1: Yeah, it's being advertised on on Amazon here as an electric grill and panini press. See now (gasps) uh, as a panini press.
2: You had me at panini press.
1: The, the, The literally the last thing I said. Good to know. Wow. <laughs> um but no they're like yeah the cheapest one i'm seeing is like 29.99 so they're not, again pretty inexpensive. Thank you. Yeah. Uh George Foreman contact submersible grill new dishwasher safe wash the entire grill easy to clean nonstick.
2: What? Like including the part that you plug in?
1: You can wash the entire grill. It's detachable from the plug in part it looks
2: oh, like. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
1: And vertical storage. All right, we're not buying one, so (laughs) we'll tab it out. No, we do not have counter space for this. This is ridiculous. We we cannot. We must not.
2: It's so good, you put your name on it.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay. All right. Uh, One quick remark. Uh, Joel McHale said that this was Mickey Rourke again, and I thought, (laughs) wow, way to (laughs) slap George Foreman in the face with that one, because at least again. I thought Joe <laughs> Horner did fine.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Compared to Mickey Rourke, first of all, he was the best singer the show has ever seen. But yeah, I mean, even in his own right, I thought he did. Uh, I thought he did a good job, and I think you could have honestly flipped a coin for me whether or not the Gopher or the Venus Flytrap was going to move on. I don't think either of them probably would have beat the Bride to move out, but I, I don't think it was nearly as bad as as Joel maybe wanted to think. But I, you know, I'm going to give him credit here for him wearing the um, the Ken Jong jacket of him doing his best Ken impression.
1: Yeah. You like that?
2: No, I'm not saying I like it. I'm just <laughs> saying I'm going to give him credit for the bad guess. I see. Okay. It, you know, it's like a comedy bit. You know, I know exactly who this is. Blah blah blah. blah. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, it, that kind of thing. Indeed.
2: Yeah, exactly like that.
1: Okay. So then we go to the battle royale. Okay. No, actually, that's not true. First of all. Venus Flytrap comes third, which I thought was preposterous. I genuinely did not think Venus Flytrap was the worst of the three. And then it it led into what I was worried about, which was I don't think either of the other two are going to do a super unique style and they're going to sound pretty similar. So I didn't love that. But um, yeah, it's George Foreman. Spoiler alert. As if we didn't make it that obvious the last 15
2: yeah, minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, during the discussion <laughs> of the clues. If you didn't know.
1: <laughs> now, you know. Uh, now you know. But yeah. And then the Battle Royale was pretty much highlighted by Sheila E, legendary drummer in the game. I feel like she stole the limelight from the performance. I'm not going to lie to you.
2: I mean, she was definitely mentioned more than maybe some of the performers themselves. I felt like, oh yeah, 100%. uh, I, I, I mean, she is an icon, you know, one of the best female percussionists that exist. <clears throat> so I think having her here again, this is okay. Look, this starts to, like we can go through when we get to the end of the episode, why I would say that this was an episode written by an AI or why this was the fever dream of an episode. And I just want to add Sheila E being here to like part of that reason, because again, Oh, she, kind of like overshadowed the other people that were performing like she was just randomly there for i don't know what reason but like they were like yeah it's Sheila e yes (laughs) okay (laughs) sure why not this is what we're doing now
1: it makes total sense yeah so that's what we got that's what we got there um the song choice was all star by smash mouth What did you think of that pick?
2: Yeah, again, add it to to the fever dream that was this episode. As soon as the music started, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no." (laughs) no. And look, this is someone who owned that album on CD, not not cassette tape CD. And. (laughs) just it's just like it's the meme song you know especially in this day and age with the internet it's like yeah that's the song that you sing when you're trying to kind of do like jokesies right but oh no no this is the song we're actually going to sing and not sing once no no sing twice because both the gopher and the bride are going to do their own renditions of all-star by smash mouth
1: yes and um it happened it's a thing that happened it was very clear to me that the bride was going to win once the gopher went i thought all right this is curtains um sorry the gopher went first um and then there was a huge drum solo by sheila and then the bride continued and at that point i was like all right yeah bye gopher that's fine which honestly for me i'm not too mad at because first of all if it is chris jericho i'm happy second of all I get to keep a player in the draft at least going into the next episode, so that makes my likelihood of punching someone into the semifinals better, which I'm not mad at.
2: Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that was definitely the moment I was like, okay, well, at least Puya gets someone to go through. Um, although Don't I'm not going to lie, me. I'm not. <laughs> look, I'm, not, I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say like it is. The bride is not gonna beat either the lambs or the harp like come on let's just be real i think i i look i'm not saying that the bride is you know a a terrible singer or anything like that it's just when you have people who are just so absolutely outstanding it's tough to see them moving on and being able to be successful against them
1: listen we were talking last week about how the harp would still probably beat the lambs handily so that means that we have to look at the bride. Bride, can you beat the lambs? No. Then you definitely cannot beat the heart. I don't think there's a world where they have a ch- the the bride has a chance here. However, it'll be interesting next week because next week we're going to have avocado, which is yours, Yay. and snowstorm, which is mine. So,
2: oh, interesting. Yeah,
1: which then guarantees that the last round will have Sir Bugaboo, which is mine. And Scarecrow, which is yours, Scarecrow did go first in the draft. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what and how the performers are going to sound moving forward, because there's some implications in here of, of what could happen. If, you know, uh, Avocado wins next week, then you have a two to one chance of the semifinals again, which then if you win, you box me out completely of winning the draft and you win by default, because even if the harp wins, you have the runner up or, or, or um, I have a two to one chance and I have one last chance to have someone in the semifinals. So we'll see.
2: I think the good news. Well, I don't know. I don't know if this is good news, but the good news for both of us, I suppose is that even going into that last episode before the semifinals, we're both still going to have someone that could potentially take the win. I think now that we've seen two groups, right? We've seen someone who has been successful from the very beginning, has won every single group. We've seen someone come in or, a group come in in the second episode and make it to the finale so is this going to be the third you know episode where you have someone win and move on or are we going to see something where the second episode uh again that person goes on or maybe you know what maybe everybody else just sucks and the bride is going to go all the way to the semifinals and uh and you're going to have that pick in the finals yeah i'm i'm not quite sure i think we're just going to have to wait and see what happens obviously that's a Thank you, Professor Obvious statement. But either way, we both have a chance. Okay, that's what I'm saying. There's still a chance.
1: There's still a chance. And then not to go unnoticed here, the Gopher does lose the Battle Royale, is unmasked. And it is indeed George Clinton, which when George Clinton then performs the song at the end, that was probably what upset me the most. Because my only thought was, let them perform whatever they're good at, because that would have changed the game. I know that it's their own song, but let them perform it. Why wouldn't Mm -hmm. you let them perform it? Because then at least it would have been a little bit more intriguing, perhaps, because some of the song choices that are being made. I don't know if they get to pick or if they're being picked for them, but banning them from singing their own song does hurt them sometimes. So I don't like that.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so we didn't really talk about George Clinton being the the gopher. We talked a little bit about George Foreman, not really George Clinton, two Georges noted. So, so I'm not gonna lie, like, once I started listening, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, I'm familiar with George Clinton music, but the reason I know him is because he had a cameo in the, the movie Good Burger. I don't know if you ever saw it with Keenan and Kel. It's a good burger. <laughs> I was obsessed with that movie, had it on VHS. It was the orange VHS tape. And so that is, I was like, oh my God, (laughs) it's the guy from Good Burger, which is probably just more a, a reflection on my ineptitude when it comes to knowing pop culture, but it was still really fun to see him be on the show.
1: Yeah, it was a fun cameo. I did like it quite a bit. Again, I think the episode was fine. I think the both George Foreman, George Clinton, pretty sick to see them on stage here. My only qualm was, I don't know. The caliber of performance was kind of low. But again, what am I, Simon Cowell? It was fine. (laughs) It was good. It was okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's okay, dog.
1: All right. Well, on on that other outdated reference from Liana, we are at the end of the podcast. Thank you so much, Liana, for, for doing what you did with all the references. We couldn't do it without you. Where can people find you? What else do you have going on?
2: i'm not doing what you did
1: (laughs) (laughs) i truly do not have a word to describe it (laughs) i'm being honest
2: not thank you for your contributions thank you for your amazing commentary just like thank you for just whatever that was i (laughs) mean it's
1: implied it could be positive implications you just took it as very negative
2: Okay. No, no, no. I didn't take it as very negative. I'm taking it as a compliment, obviously. Uh, But anyway, so yes. So you can find me on Twitter, again, if Twitter still exists, at Liana, R-H-A-P. Mike Bloom and I are talking about the uh, uh, Survivor season, which is going on. We have a really fun episode coming up. I still am going to figure out the game. So if you have any thoughts and you've heard this, uh, please shoot me your ideas. Still working on that. Uh, And also I was on the 90 day podcast, uh, which uh, Puya I'm sure can tell you more about. And then finally, I just want to hit on the Lego masters podcast because we finally have made it to three more episodes of Lego masters. We're going to talk about episodes five, six and seven. So my sister and I are going to be doing that this weekend. So we can cover everything from the puppy dogs, which I'm super excited about to pirates and be, on So, definitely keep an eye out for that coming out sometime
1: this weekend. All right, Liana, thank you for doing what you do. And in that instance, doing what you do was your Yay. plugs. Thank you. No, seriously, jokes aside, couldn't do this without you. Um, uh-huh. y- y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I am in my streaming bag right now. I'm streaming three, four times a week. Come through, say hi. I would appreciate that, of course. And like Liana mentioned, nine day podcast, still going strong. And uh, Liana has been on for two weeks in a row and we thank her for that, but she will not be on next week. Next week will be a, another person making their second appearance on the pod. Tune in to find out who, but yeah, we've been, we've but been, you know, we've been talking about 90 days, the thing that's happening. It's been okay. It's, you know, it's had some good yeah. parts, not good, parts. you know what I heard actually, sorry, this probably shouldn't be on the podcast, but I was told that allegedly this season of 90 day is going to go into January
2: why why january i'm sorry you mean it's gonna exist for two more months
1: i would have had to talk about this through two different years yikes so that's what i have to deal with
2: oh my god you should just i should i should you know what i should have done was was protest
1: no i should have called it quits on it and just started talking about single life (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I didn't. And now I'm in the middle of it. And I feel like both my own completionist heart and, and many others, I have to keep going. So, yeah. you know, g- give us a listen there and, uh, you know, help me. <laughs> appreciate well,
2: it. On a more positive note, you can talk about your scary stream.
1: No, I yeah, it happened. It was a thing that again, like I said, streaming's fun. Check me out, (laughs) twitch.tv And uh final thing, if you could please leave a rating and review for this podcast, it allows people to find us and gives us much needed feedback of what works, what doesn't work. You can do so over on Rob'swebsite.com slash mass singer. That's M A S -S K-E-D-S-I-N-G-E-R. We appreciate it all the same. All right, and now we are at the end of the podcast. We hope you had a fun time with us. We'll be back next week to talk about. Episode eight, a.k.a. the comedy roast.
2: Yes. The night? Yeah, it's comedy night, baby. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. If it's anything like the fever dream that was this episode, I'm 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 actually kind of down.
1: I look forward to seeing Triumph now that Joel McHale has made an appearance. I know for sure he won't be on yep. next week. So that's gone. <laughs> Triumph, the insult comic dog will be there is my assumption. And uh, we'll find out if Liana's theories are true. Are they going to talk about, are they going to read a comedy routine as a performance or not? We'll find out. We'll find out. Or is it going to be all weird owl Al? We'll find out.
2: Oh my God. Fingers crossed.
1: It most definitely will not. If it is, that is how you know that an AI took over. That's how you know.
2: <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry, but the combination of like what George Clinton, George, um, uh, uh, Foreman, the All-Stars, Sheila E. showed up for some reason. Of course, Joel McHale was there, which is something that an AI would, of course, decide. Like, it just, the goat, a live animal, this episode was literally a mess. Just such a fever dream. I will continue to say it because I strongly believe that. I, like, I'm sorry what am I watching
1: breaking news AI does not like Ken Jong. that's how that's that's the mystery <laughs> yeah. solved there
2: it wrote him out of the episode yeah.
1: all right everyone thank you so much for listening take care have a good one bye who's under there I wonder I want to know but I can't see who's under there to talk about this and let with you. Who's under there? I wonder, I want to know